the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you tonight and uh, headed into the weekend. I hope you're having a wonderful plans. I hope your plans for the weekend are wonderful. It is, uh, I'm going to be spending some time with the family as usual. And uh, next week, my daughter is going to go do an internship. It's her first internship. She's a high school uh, sophomore, going to be a junior. So we're we're kind of practicing with her. I'll tell you more about that last week, uh, next week, excuse me. But great to be with you. In a few moments, we'll uh, hear from John Schlafly, the Schlafly Report weekly. We're a little bit late with John this week, uh, a little bit later than usual. He's usually on Wednesday or Thursday. His column, the Schlafly Report that he writes with his brother Andy, posts over at uh, townhall.com on Tuesday evenings. Our sister website is also available archived at uh, phyllisschlafly.com. You can go check it out there. And then we also will spend a few moments with our friend Mickey Kaus. Mickey Kaus, who is a, let's see how to say this. He's a Democrat. He is a pro um, uh, American jobs and therefore very worried about the teachers unions, very worried about the uh, Chinese uh, uh, taking of our companies, very worried about immigration. He's, a, he's kind of an iconoclastic character. He'll be with us. He's also very, very down on President Trump uh, right now, at least his reelection chances. So we'll hear from Mickey Kaus in a few moments also. And I will give you an update if you didn't see the video of <laughs> later on in the show, Dr. Fauci threw out the first pitch at the Nationals-Yankees game last night. And, uh, well, it was a story. It was a story, and he made a lot of news. We'll talk about that later. Before we do that, what you need to know today. Now, what you need to know, today's wink. Today's wink. Here's what you need to know. The Cold War with China is heating up a bit. I mean, we have to pray and work to not have a hot war, but we have to be ready. But here's the thing. Uh, We now have established that the Chinese consulate in in Houston was attempting a lot of spy work there, and so we closed it down. And that was a few days ago. Well, as you'd expect in these kinds of things, the the Chinese moved to close a consulate of ours in their country. So that was expected. But here's what I want to tell you about this, and here's what you need to know. None of this is happening in a vacuum, right? This is not happening in a vacuum. There's nothing about this. And one detail we've talked about before, which is just so damning. It's so damning of the Chinese. And that is the recent uh, studies. I think the Brookings Institute has had one. But if you go online and do a search for fentanyl and look at newspapers, you will see in every newspaper. I'm looking at it right now on a, on a, a, a search over at DuckDuckGo. That's why it's a search engine I use. And, and here's the news entries for just the word fentanyl. Overdose, Arizona, in Arizona, in the Arizona Republic, covering it in Arizona. Overdose in Cincinnati, in the Cincinnati Inquirer. Overdose in the Mercury News. Um, where's the Mercury News based in? I think it's in, is it um, in California? I think it is. But, um, and uh, on and on and on. It's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. In fact, uh, let me tell you, the next, uh, we'll go down another one, because it's worth a Stanford advocate in, in um 
Connecticut, Sacramento B, uh, the Boston CBS affiliate, Fentanyl, 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 New Hampshire Union leader. Uh, let's see what else. And here's the Brookings Institute. This is an institution had a, has, a, has an, an analysis, a lengthy analysis uh, of. Um, fentanyl and and the and the problem of fentanyl in america and you can read it it's longer but here's the reality the opioid excuse me the fentanyl supply is effectively a chinese import to america in china there are known people who make all the ingredients for fentanyl the the ceo of the company it's a known thing and remember the chinese government has command control over their economy there's nothing that happens without permission of the chinese communist regime and here's what you need to know you talk about a war it's a war the 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 estimates and i just read you all those examples of of overdose and all but the estimates for this year right now is we're on pace to have 70,000 Americans killed by fentanyl overdose now i know i know there'll be people that say well people make decisions to do drugs and all that look that's that's there's certainly a, a conversation to be had about the problem of drug abuse and the problem of substance abuse etc cetera, etc cetera. however if I'm giving a drug that kills, it kill, if I'm supplying, if I'm China and I'm supplying a drug that kills Americans, like, like that, like, like a drop of a hat, like, the, like just the, you snap of your finger, somebody takes fentanyl and they die from it, and, 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 the, and, the, and China is supposedly our trading partner and supposedly is our ally, is supposed to be someone uh, that, uh, that is with us in so many ways. I mean, it is crazy uh, to, um, to believe... And and it has to stop. And so uh, the reality is we're in a Cold War already. We're in a Cold War already. The the um, the reality now is that we're getting more upfront about it. And look, Wall Street took a dive yesterday. Well, the Dow Jones Industrial Average went down a little bit because they suddenly realized, uh oh, this really is going to be a back and forth between uh, between the American uh, uh, government and the Chinese government. We're not going to take it anymore. That's the reality. Now it's a reality, and uh, and and the fact is. We are going to have to continue and we're going to have to take the lumps that may come because this is the only way we can get out. We have another nation killing our people with fentanyl every single day, every single week and every single month over and over again. We have a nation that's stealing our intellectual property that has appropriated a whole bunch of our technology illegally improperly in ways that are absolutely impossibly unfair and the reality is we have to uh move we have to change our um our approach we have to be ready for it is my point and what you need to know is this is going to go on now for a long time and look if you if you want to i guess there is a political point to this in terms of the fall um joe biden says china's not a big deal it's no problem we should go back to our, our old ways if you believe that you know these are the people that again we're killing uh, are killing people with fentanyl are taking our jobs i don't see how you can ever do that i don't see how you can go back and uh and i don't believe that you can um, that you can ever go back until the Chinese um, regime is out of power because their plans are really clear. Uh, the, 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 their plans are really clear and upfront, and they're not hiding it from us. And that's what you need to know. And and again, what we're going to see is China's going to make certain things happen. Probably we're going to see in, you know instability in some markets. We're going to see some things go up in cost. Who knows what the attacks you know cyber and otherwise could be and um, 
the, the reality is we're in this fight now. And and it's going to become a little bit like the Soviet Union back in the day when we battled the Soviet Union and a whole bunch of people in, in America were saying, it's not that big a deal. Maybe we can get along. We don't want to have to be this tough. And other people, late Phyllis Schlafly was one of them. Ronald Reagan was another, said, no, no, this is the fight we have to have. This is the reality. That's what it means to be in a Cold War. And, uh, and it, it's going to become the central battle of the next... 20 years in terms of international affairs because we can't uh, we can't give in on this. We cannot let our, our country be destroyed from within by an enemy from without and that's what they're trying to do. That's what they've been trying to do and that's what they're trying to do right now. So that's what you need to know, alright? So I'm glad I'm, 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 I'm sorry that it's come to this in the sense that we now are in this uh, second Cold War, but I'm very happy that people are realizing, whether it's the TikTok or a few days ago, General Spaulding was on this program. You can go to ProAmericaReport.com and check out his interview there or on my social media, at Eagle Ed Martin. It's, um, it was up. It's great. He, that guy's book, Stealth War, is necessary reading. You need to check that out. I'm sorry we're here, but we're here. And and what you need to know is the reality of the second Cold War is going to be sinking in for us over the next five to ten years, if we're lucky. If we're not lucky and we end up with Joe Biden or a Senate that's got a bad leadership, we may just go back to letting uh, China steal our lives, steal our nation out from under our nose. That's what's at stake. That's what we're seeing happening. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We'll come back and talk to John Schlafly right after this. Uh, Be right back. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. It's John Schlafly with us again. The Schlafly Report is uh, posted over at townhall.com and archived at phyllisschlafly.com. This week, uh, John Schlafly has led an unmitigated, unrelenting attack on Dr. Fauci yet again. No, I'm just kidding. We'll talk about Fauci in a minute. But instead, it's about the mask police. And uh, welcome back, John. How are you? Oh, hi, Ed. How are you today? I'm doing fine. Now, I know you're not a, a diehard sports fan, but I know you appreciate it. I remember seeing the video of you uh, playing the Notre Dame fight song on a, uh, on not on the piano. What was it on? It was on that a, was on, uh, what's the that thing? Was on my accordion. <laughs> Accordion. There you go. You're playing the Notre Dame, Notre Dame fight song. You were about 15. It's a great video. Maybe I'll put that up on social media. But anyway, and so I know you have something of a sports fan. But did, did you realize that Dr. Fauci is throwing out the first pitch? Uh, he is the he, he is he has been honored to be the the first pitch of the baseball season. Is the world champion on uh, Washington Nationals playing against the New York Yankees? And you know you'd think, well, maybe the president comes, or maybe you know I don't know Kanye or somebody big. No, no, Fauci. Dr. Fauci is going to throw out the first pitch, which does bring up a point here. I, I, isn't that going to throwing a baseball to somebody else? Isn't that going to spread the, the, the disease? This has got to, this can't be a good idea, can it? Well, I think that question should be asked and discussed. Uh, and, and I heard they're going to put cardboard cutouts in the stands. They're not real people. I, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that's that's, that's right. Well, I mean. 
the one thing about that that I do understand is it's probably good for the American people to get some sports to watch on TV. I and your 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 late mother would roll well wouldn't roll over. She'd roll her eyes at this. That one of the only places things you can do right now to watch baseball is South Korean baseball. Their league they figured out how to go back and play. They're playing, so you have to watch. South, if you want to see baseball, you either watch replays of old games or you watch the South Korean uh, baseball league. It's not much of a thing to watch. But but back to this, John. Are you do you have and do you wear a mask regularly well ed i keep a mask in the car and uh yeah uh you know i do haul it out where uh in in certain locations where masks are strongly encouraged because and and partly because i don't want to be assaulted like that poor woman (laughs) in walmart in park city utah i mean we wrote about that in the column ed i mean come on uh some fellow shopper uh, berated the woman loud with a loud voice and then started to push his shopping cart into her shopping cart. And she suffered a slight injury. Now, we, this is ridiculous, Ed. Come on. Uh, well, uh, well, here, 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 here yeah. It's, but one of the things is, is it, is it, I guess the question is, it's kind of a virtue signaling thing, right? It's the ultimate yeah. thing. And I, and I heard, but I heard someone say this. I, like, if, if it makes you more comfortable that when I, you and I are in a public setting that there's masks on, I, you know, I'm not, it's not the end of the world for me. I'm a kind guy. I like to make people comfortable. But somewhere between making people more comfortable and this notion, I mean, we're places, I've been places where we're, all outside, we're social distancing, and you get a dirty look from somebody because you don't have a mask on. It's like, I mean, at a certain point, we really are just ex- exposing our own neuroses, I think. Yes, and you know, it's, it's still not clearly established the, the benefits of these uh, surgical masks, which are made of paper or cloth. Now, the N95, uh, of course, is the heavy-duty thing, but most people don't use that, and but and it's still not clear if the mask is primarily to protect yourself or other people, and so it, as you say, it has become a virtue signaling. And uh, of course, the harmful thing is a couple of harmful things. One is uh, people who berate other people for when they are not seen in a mask, especially outside, which is ridiculous. Um, but also, as we raised in the column, Ed. Uh, if, if we're becoming a society where people go out in the streets, in public places, with their faces covered, this is not right. good. In fact, you know, there are laws against appearing in public with your face covered in most states and many other countries. Now, some people attribute those laws to the Ku Klux Klan, masks and hoods, but, uh, uh, but there are are good reasons for why people in public need to show their face. Uh, because you need to know if somebody you pass on the street is a friend, friend or foe, Ed. And the best That's way true. to tell is to read their face. The two you know, uh, if they smile or they don't smile. Right. We're talking with John Schlafly, and again, the column this week is about the mask police. I, I agree, John, and think about it this way. Do you think, I mean, I, I don't know if anybody said this quite like this, 
if we didn't have the proliferation of masks, one of the things that we were trying to do, many of us, to beat back the Antifa was force them to take their masks off because they, when someone's got a mask on, they'll be a lot more bold than if their face is recognized and camera will be on it and have them. Right now we have these, these uh, Antifa with masks on and people, you know, you can't say take your mask off because it's supposed to be healthy for you. But John, let me, let me ask you about this, this, this question here. You know, the president is getting more attention because he said, yes, we're going to have federal law enforcement into the cities. We're going to stop them from destroying property. John, are you, um, do you think he should do more of that? Do you think he should have done it sooner? What's your sense of this? I think most Americans are tired of watching the lawlessness, but I think it's a really tough, uh, it's tough to crack. You, you got to send in a lot of, uh, of, of military, for example, to get control of Chicago, if that's what he does next. I mean, it really could become a, uh, a you know, a kind of a, a, a quagmire. Well, I was among those uh, supporting uh, Senator Tom Cotton when he called for sending in the troops in the New York Times a couple of months ago. Uh, Now, I I do think there's some value in Trump exercising restraint. Anything he does is there's going to be pushback. And there are two different issues to consider. One is uh, the breakdown of law and order in inner city, mostly minority communities, where the murder rate has doubled in many cities. And that's where uh, Trump uh, came up with Operation Legend, which is named after a child who was killed by a bullet in Kansas City. Uh, But entirely separate from that, really, is sending the protective forces to protect federal buildings and properties. And that's what's going on in Portland, Oregon, uh, where every night uh, for, I think, last night was the 55th straight night, or 56, after dark, mind you, uh, maybe as at 10, 10 p.m., people start gathering. Many of them wear black face coverings. That's different. That's not surgical masks. That's the black face coverings of the Antifa. And they start gathering hundreds of them, uh, sometimes a thousand or two thousand, and they mill around and they mob around in the downtown area around the public buildings and around the two federal buildings, one courthouse and the other federal building, and they're causing trouble and damage. They're defacing, uh, threatening uh, poking spears and so forth, and they are causing damage. And I do feel like those crowds should be dispersed. They shouldn't be allowed. They should be declared to be an unlawful assembly and dispersed. And uh, it's uh, John. Uh, at this point, that, then the federal government should. Well, and, and and here's the easy here's the easy one on that. They're they're clearly surrounding the federal courthouse because that's the game they want to play. In other words, if they were surrounding the mayor's house, and in one of the st- states there they are going to the mayor's house. I think it's Portland. Maybe it's uh, another one of the cities. They go to the mayor's house and spray paint her house over and over again. So if they were doing it around this, a state court, uh, a state building or a county building, why not? I mean, I, I I mean it's dumb and terrible. Once you're around a federal courthouse, and I kind of think myself that enough's enough. 
and and you have to take it up a notch. You know, there's a and our our mutual friend uh, 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 Ann Coulter has a has a tweet that she posted about um, about I think uh, Louis the Sixteenth should have listened to his great great grand his great grandfather Louis the Fourteenth, who when he said when war is necessary, it's a quote grave error to think that one can reach the same aims by weaker means. I, I mean, there's a point here if they're going to get rid of it, they, they ought to get rid of it, right? And I I think that's what the president's got to do now is to say I, that's enough. And by the way, the Oakland mayor uh, her her home is being uh, is being spray painted defund police every night, uh, and they won't arrest the vandals. They just let them spray paint her house. So I, I you know I guess John, what's your what's your best guess now? Is it is it time to move? Is that what you're seeing? Well, it's hard to feel much sympathy for the mayor of Oakland, California, who is as progressive as they come. But uh, uh, but I do think federal properties and federal buildings should be protected to the limits of the law. And frankly, a lot of people are talking or recalling what happened when, uh, you know, General Beauregard fired on Fort Sumter in April of 1861. I mean, there's a close close analogy there. And it's uh, so ironic that uh, the people who are who who are committing these violence uh, posing falsely as opponents of white supremacy, when the truth is that's just a pretext for uh, an insurrection, as Tom Cotton calls it. And it's got to be put down. I I think you're right. All right, John Schlafly, as always, thank you. And uh, the Schlafly Report uh, is over at uh, phyllisschlafly.com, always archived there. Thanks, John. We'll talk again soon. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break, and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in just one moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. It's been a while since our old friend Mickey Kaus has been on with us, and you can follow him at Twitter. It's a very active Twitter feed, at Kaus Mickey, K-A-U-S is his last name, Mickey Kaus, and uh, go there and check it out. Mickey, how are you? It's been a while. How are things? I'm fine, thanks. I'm I'm a little down on Trump's prospects and the prospects for holding the Senate, and as an immigration restrictionist, I'm terrified the Democrats got hold of the Senate. They get rid of the filibuster. And they pass a big immigration bill, and then America's never the same again. So that's yes. I, well, I'm 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 going to work that through. We're going to work on that together now in the next uh, few minutes. But before we get to that, you're doing all right on the health front. You're not you're not getting uh, you're not you're not uh, getting quarantined crazy, but you're also not sick. Everybody's well in your world. That's good. I'm not any crazier than before, and I, I didn't have any friends <laughs> anyway, so I'm doing fine. <laughs> That's what I have a friend of mine. John Schlafly is often on the show. He says, I've been social distancing for years. It's my preferred method of uh, functioning. So he said it's really quite enjoyable. But all right. First of all, Mickey, what's your biggest worry right now? Forget about the next the next uh, thing right now that can happen. I mean, you got to like the direction of the president trying. I mean, I know he failed on the census question, the citizenship question, which was, you know, insane to me. Chief Justice Roberts yet again. But here we are. And he's trying to say. 
say we're not going to let the immigration the illegal immigrant count be used for representation. I'm not sure he can win that, but at least he's driving home. You know, I've had people tell me I didn't even know that was like that. I mean, he's doing he's directionally better than you could have ever expected. What do you worry about right now? Like in the next two weeks, three weeks, four weeks that they would try to do that you're worried about? I worry about this mysterious immigration order that he keeps talking about, which is somehow going to take care of DACA and and involve a bunch of other things relating to immigration, merit-based immigration. And he seems to believe uh, another Robert's opinion, which says, you know, even if he does something illegal, it's going to take Biden or anybody else years to get rid of it so that it at least lasts for a few years so he can he can provide for DACA and he can change the immigration laws and and nobody can stop him for two years and that seems crazy to me it seems like he's actually courting impeachment if he does that did you did you do you think though that is it is it and I know it's it's been frustrating for you but is this one of those times where he talks about something because he wants to see the reaction and the reaction of a whole bunch of conservatives was like you can't do that and he's gone on to the next thing or or you think he's waiting right. uh, and and you know somewhere Jared Kushner's got polling that tells him this will really help us and then they go ahead and do it I think it's both I think he's Jared's lobbying him and he was testing it out and the reaction was negative but he persisted a little longer than you'd like and he's still persisting uh, uh, longer than you'd like if it was just a trial balloon that he dropped so I think the problem is that Jared and, and people are actively lobbying it even though he's resisting uh, you know he hasn't dropped it yet and he he just seems to um, be in the sway of this Berkeley law professor who's very, very smart, but uh, maybe a little out in fantasy land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John, you, you're talking about, right? Yeah. So, so, but uh, uh, Mickey, we're talking with Mickey Kaus at Kaus Mickey. I want to ask you this one. I saw a tweet you retweeted. It's almost lost on people. The, the if if you're not a close observer, there was a fight between Liz Cheney, who's in Congress in the House and leadership, and a bunch of the conservatives, what I call the real real conservatives. And Andy McCarthy tweeted something like, "Liz Cheney is great," and it, you know, the day there's not room for her in the Republican Party is the day they should shut the party down. You, of course, being Mickey Kaus, quickly said your proposal was acceptable. But I guess what I want to point to is that it's not over the fight between the wing of the Republican Party that enjoyed the the nation building, the sort of neocon wing, plus that wing is also the immigration on demand. I mean, it, it, I mean, really, the, the, that's, that's still ascendant. Liz Cheney has a good chance of being speaker. I mean, that's one of the realities here, right? Right. And that, that, this, the, the fight, the fight, gets more intense whether or not Trump is reelected. He gets incredibly intense if he's not reelected. But uh, yes, that is the fight for the future of the Republican Party between the swamp and the Trumpers. And, you know, my my line is, why should they stick together in the same party? The, the, the issues that used to hold them together, which is tax cuts and, you know, national defense, aren't really that important electorally anymore. Uh, you know, we tried the tax cut. It didn't really have a bunch. Of, it didn't really move the needle. So why should these people who hate each other uh, stay in the same party? It, it's it's probably best if the Trumpers stay in control of the Republican Party and Cheney can go wander and find whatever home she can find. 
Um, we're talking with Mickey Kaus, and, and I, I want to point this out because this is what I'm going to segue to it. I often tell 1992, he had a book. It's called The End of Equality, published by Basic Books, a lengthy essay, I think, per, was a year or two before that, the same topic and maybe the same title. So, Mickey, I want to ask you this. I've never, I never sought your advice or sought your, your, um, uh, your opinion on this. Right now, we're seeing that the school systems can't handle either the reality of coronavirus or the perception. doesn't matter what all. They just can't handle it. In the county I now live in, in Northern Virginia, Fairfax County, they basically, the superintendent just rolled over, gave in to the teachers' union, and they're going to be distance learning the whole year long. Nobody's going to school. The schools won't get together. Now, there's two things I want to say. One is, as you know, Mickey Kaus, these school systems, these public school systems, San Diego, Los Angeles, they're full of, I mean, they're not full of, but they have a huge number of illegal uh, immigrants, children in those schools. They're, they're, that's another reality of the cost of this. But here's what I want to ask you. There's now becoming this critique of the fact that some parents, usually more affluent, are taking their kids out of these schools and creating sort of homeschooling pods. And now they're fighting each other over over the, uh, over the whether that's socially acceptable, socially just or whatever. But, you know, here here's one question, Mickey, that I always want to ask you that I thought I wondered about. One is... In, in, in the county I live in, Northern Virginia now, we have a school system that the Fairfax County, they, they've decided, and I, I'll put aside for a second, the number of illegal immigrant students in these schools. It's a huge number, huge cost. But, you know, when you talk about inequality, you know, you wrote a book on that. The, the school systems, and oh, and I know what I was going to tell you. There's a fight now amongst a bunch of people who are looking at this fall, and they're saying, well, if you're not going to have real school, I'm going to pull my kids out, and I'm going to pay for tutors and create special pods for my kids and other kids' like them. And there's an argument going on amongst uh, social justice warriors that this is unfair, right? My point is, have we ever, is there anything in American life that is worse right now in terms of inequality than our school system dominated by the teachers union, which I know you've talked a lot about, but also it, it doesn't get consensus amongst uh, Americans to change it. We're still living with a system that's so, uh, so terrible. What, what am I missing here? Um, no, I think you got it exactly right. It should be a great, you know, coming together institution that 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 gets gets people of all walks of life in the same institution. The problem is, kids learn from their peers. They don't learn from their teachers. They don't learn from their parents. So there's a tremendous incentive among affluent people to get their kids in the right group of peers. So there's right, you know, always going to be this inegalitarian push. And the virus, as you say, has just uh, you know turbocharged it because people are just pulling their kids out of schools and going completely private. And, you know, it, 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 the only hope, I think, is if it leads to some form of school choice that then can be jiggered to mix people of various classes together in a way that the public schools in most parts of the country, except small towns, actually have stopped doing. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 I, I just... They haven't done it for years, but go ahead. Yeah. All right. No, last, I just got about a minute left. Uh, you're down on the fall. You think the fall is going the wrong way for the president. Is it mostly because of the, uh, of the virus or what should give me your, your 45 I seconds think it's before? Mostly because I, of the virus. I think it's mostly because of the virus. I think he was sitting pretty, not a sure thing, but he had a good shot, uh, with the strong economy and wages rising. Uh, immigration was under control until the virus hit. And then he just made the wrong call. He, he, he decided it, w- it wasn't important. He didn't have to react to it and that it would go away. And that was just a, a fundamental near fatal error. And my main worry is the Republicans lose the Senate and they have a bunch of 
very weak candidates, Martha McSally, Tom Tillis. I mean, who picked these people? Uh, they're not Trumpers. <laughs> And and they're they're sort of they're going to if Trump goes down they're going to go down too and if if the, if the Democrats win the Senate all bets are off. Yeah, I uh, we'll see. I'll have you back on again and we'll we'll straighten you out. I got to run out of time though. But Mickey Kaus, as always, at Kaus Mickey is his Twitter feed, very insightful. And through there you can sign up and get his emails, which don't get sent frequently frequently enough from him telling you when he's writing. So thanks, Mickey. Good to talk to you. Thanks, Ed. All right, we'll talk again soon. It's Ed Martin on the Pro-America Report. We'll take a quick break and be right back. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Amazon is America's biggest retailer. Billions of purchases are made on their website every year. Lots of customers use the Amazon Smile program to allocate a small percentage of their purchases to the charity of their choice. However, what you might not know is that Amazon doesn't let just any charitable organization collect money through Amazon Smile. First, the organization has to go through a process to verify that they are a worthy cause. Unfortunately, Amazon outsources the definition of worthy to one of the worst left-wing organizations out there. In order to enroll in the program, Charities have to prove their worth to the Southern Poverty Law Center. The Southern Poverty Law Center is most infamous for lumping together neo-Nazi groups and the KKK with respectable conservative groups like the Family Research Council and the Alliance Defending Freedom. By associating good groups with bad groups like this, they do two really counterproductive things. First, they defame patriotic Americans trying to fight for religious liberty, traditional marriage, and the sanctity of human life. Second, they dilute the true evil of actual hate groups by lumping them together with groups that clearly do not hate. Without a doubt, the Southern Poverty Law Center is doing absolutely nothing to combat actual hatred in America. And Amazon is showing a clear bent toward leftism by putting such an inept group in charge of gatekeeping their charitable work. There's a very important lesson for conservatives in all this. No matter how much lip service big tech gives to being politically neutral, we shouldn't be fooled into ignoring their hidden agenda. Whether in overt or covert ways, most of the tech giants would like nothing better than to advance a liberal agenda throughout America and the world. At Amazon, that means employing groups that equate pro-lifers to Nazis. And don't be fooled by the lies of big tech. The American people still believe in pro-family, pro-life values. Conservatives aren't haters. Conservatives believe in the inherent equal dignity and value of every human life. We fight to make the American dream accessible to all. But don't count on big tech to back us up when it counts. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. These culturally relevant commentaries, along with videos, columns, and bulletins, are waiting for you at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Plus, you can find, follow, and share our work on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you. I hope you're getting ready for a great weekend and are doing some fun things uh, with your family or with others. And if you're working all weekend, well, I know I remember a lot of weekends where I was working. Uh, I don't know if I've ever talked about that too often on the program, but my first job for many years was in supermarkets. And so I worked my way up. I was a bagger and a, uh, a, a checker. And then I stocked shelves and did overnight shifts and ended up in my after at the end of my college years, every time I was home from college in the summer. I was a assistant manager, and I always worked the weekend, so I remember that well. But hopefully, you'll get some time off this weekend and um, and to get a break. All right, so let's couple. I, I got to catch up on a couple things. One is yesterday I talked to you about how I was annoyed that uh, the celebrity culture that is Dr. Fauci allowed him to be the guy that throws out the first pitch at the uh, baseball game. Turns out um, that was a very bad idea for him in many ways. Now he is a seventy-nine-year-old man. And although 79 is, is, you know, not that old anymore because of health, and he looks like a very healthy guy, you know, he's small and lean, uh, but he's 79. And, you know, as anybody knows that is now, I don't know, when you're 25, you think you'll be, you know, like you are forever. And then 25 years later, like me now, you suddenly realize it doesn't operate, the body doesn't operate the same way. I'm sure 25 years from now, it'll be even more dramatic. But here he was, 79 years old. And, you know, throwing out the first pitch, if you talk to people about it, especially if it's a big game, uh, you know, World Series. Remember the George W. Bush when he threw out the first pitch after 9-11 at the World Series in New York City? And uh, any president has to throw them out. And they usually practice ahead of time because they're nervous about it. Well, Fauci goes up, gets on the mound, and he throws it, not like two feet to the side of the catcher, but up the first baseline. The catcher didn't even move to try to go get the ball. So that was mortifying and terrible. And, you know, and again, it's not the end of the world, but it was an indication to me of the uh, gods aligning in agreement that it was a bad idea that this celebrity culture should have him doing that. Then he went and sat in the stands. And the stands are empty at the game, except for a few hundred people, maybe, that have to be there, scouts or something. And he sat in the stands with two friends, it looked like. And in the midst of that, he didn't wear a mask. He had it down around his throat. Now, here's the thing. When you're outside, I think, in my opinion, masks are really superfluous. But you know, but if you're sitting right next to somebody in seats at a stadium, that's within that social distancing thing. Now, maybe it was his family. I, I, I don't know. I don't remember. It didn't look like his wife by, by the body language, but... The internet went crazy, uh, went wild, and uh, and was um, obviously suitably appalled that here was this guy who um, is supposed to be um, lecturing us all the time and didn't do that uh, uh, so well. Now um, let me go, let me get another pick up another subject. I'm going to talk about this one next week uh, with you. Um, oh, and I'll, we'll make a comment. I'm getting a text. I got a text earlier today from one of you about this. I, 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 look, I think the protests um, at these games now have become so nonsensical. They just, I mean, I wish they would stop them. I don't think they have any meaning anymore. At the baseball games, they all kneeled with some sort of um, black uh, ribbon that they were holding. You know, at the basketball games, they got things written all over the court, and I don't know. It just, it's gotten ridiculous, and it's silly, uh, and I wish it would all stop completely, but um, I, I doubt it will. I doubt it will. Um, okay, the... Um, the uh, um, what I wanted to tell you about next was uh, the convention... Now, we're going to talk more about the the platforms next week. The convention for the Republican Party, President Trump basically canceled the pivot 
to Florida where they were going to have the sort of big rally because Florida, the Jacksonville and other places have too much uh, trouble um, with the, both the Wuhan virus as well as managing things. So he just canceled it. I don't know what the answer is going to be coming on the other side. I don't know how they're going to have. They have to still have some sort of nomination officially. I don't know whether they'll do it. Um, you know, they can set the rules for the party any way they want. They can do that. I mean, the party has the ability to change their rules by a vote of their people or their executive committee. When I was on the RNC, it it surprised me to learn that. None of it's set in law. Um, You get the nomination of the party, and the party can come up with the rules. That's why when Trump was the presumptive nominee in 2016, a lot of us worried that they might try to change the rules on him because they could have done that. Same thing with the Democrats. But here's one thing that you can't change is the platforms. And the platform in 2016 that Trump ran on was very conservative on life issues, on uh, economy, uh, on uh, the Monroe Doctrine was in there. The, you know, the idea that we protect our hemisphere, all the kinds of things. Pretty conservative document, immigration and um, uh, English first, uh, English only, you know, use of English as our language here. Well, the Democrats are floating their platform. And here's the thing about it. The platforms are an indication of what the parties stand for. It doesn't mean they live up to all of it. They tend to be aspirational, but as insofar as they're directional, they have some meaning. Well, the Democrat National Committee, the DNC's platform that's being circulated, it's an early copy because it won't be approved until next month at the convention, their conventions in August. It is basically, it complains about white people. It uses the term white superiority a couple of times, white supremacy a couple of times. Um, uh, sorry, not white supremacy, not, not white supremacy, um, not um, white superiority. Um, it uses the term um, white, um, oh, uh, uh, white supremacy a couple of times. And it basically 15 times it mentions white people and it says that they're bad. They're, they're, it's all critical. White supremacy is mentioned three times. Uh, white nationalist is mentioned once. It, uh, it's, it looks like a really divisive nod towards the far left. It praises all the Black Lives Matter kinds of stuff. It's, um, I think it's a disaster. Now, the question is, will anybody notice? If you're an insider, you notice. But if you're not willing, you know, if the media is not going to write about it, if the media and others aren't going to describe what it is, I don't know if the public will know or care. I'm not sure it'll matter to them. That's the reality. But we're going to talk about it. We'll talk about it next week. The platform of the Democrat Party looks way out of touch and much more liberal than they want to uh, portray themselves. Certainly Joe Biden does not want to be close to that, but that's what they are. Okay, we'll talk more about it. All right, listen, have a great weekend, everybody. I hope you uh, have a wonderful um, have some chances to have a chance to do some wonderful things with your family. We'll be back on Monday night. Don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com to uh, check out uh, everything we're doing there and get signed up for our uh, email updates, the wink the daily wink and uh, thank you as always to our great technical director noah for keeping us on track and balancing all these moving parts joanna for booking so many great guests and you for listening we'll be back monday it's ed martin here on the pro america report talk to you then